Hello, hello, Eagles. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Make a Move with Denise. Hope all is well. We're going to be jumping right into today's topic, which is about self-love. So I want to pose a question. As usual, get the mind going. What do you love about yourself? What do you love about yourself? Think to yourself and answer this question. And if you can, write it down. Write all the things that you love about yourself. So this this is a very big topic. And I didn't realize how much, you know, it needed to be discussed. Because a lot of us believe like, you know, I love myself. You know, you think you love yourself because... I don't know, maybe you treat yourself nicely, maybe you buy nice things, or maybe you it's all about you, selfie mode, you know, and you think that's self-love. But there's always something that we just don't love about ourselves. I mean, and we can get over it, but each and every person has something that they would like to get rid of or clean up or see get better, you know, um, It might be a personality trait. You know what I mean? It might be a body part. It might be a lie that someone told you about yourself when you were a child. It might be the lie you told yourself about yourself. It might be a lie that the enemy has been firing at you through thoughts. So it may not even be real. But whatever the case is, self-love is very important, especially in the kingdom of God. Because if you cannot love yourself, there are many commandments that you cannot, that you won't be able to produce. So we need to tackle this thing, this self-love issue, you know, um, there are many things that, uh, that stop us. You know, if you don't love yourself, if you, if you're, you know, insecure about something, it can actually hinder you. This this self-love business, it is so big. And I didn't realize it until very, very recent. You know, um, for me, let me give you an example. I love to use myself because I can only teach from my own personal experience. I hate pictures. Well, I, let me not say I hate it because I don't hate it anymore. This is very recent. I don't particularly like I didn't like videos, you know, now I'm more comfortable, but I was trying to figure out like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? And I realized it came from people telling me how to smile or how to look as a child while taking pictures, you know, don't smile, don't show your teeth. Oh, you, you shouldn't have did it this way. You should do it that way. You know, and I didn't realize what an impact that had on me. 
You know, there are people that would see me and say, oh, well, you look nice on picture. You look so nice on camp. You look, and it was in my mind. You know what I mean? Because as a, as a, as a child, you know, somebody tells you, oh, don't take, you know, don't take, don't smile, don't move, don't breathe. And it was so funny because my son is the one that brought this up to me. He said when he was in daycare, um, his if you see his picture, oh my God, he looks so sad. But he said that the the photographer told him don't smile. And in he was about five and I don't I don't I don't know if he didn't have teeth. I don't remember. Maybe his teeth didn't come in yet. It had fell out, whatever, you know that stage. And that's like People call it an ugly duckling stage, but I think it's so cute. But um, that's just my personal opinion. And he was like, Ma, look at my picture. And he said this as, you know, he's older now. He's like, Ma, you know, I, I couldn't smile because they told me not to smile. And I thought about that. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, this thing is so big. We really need to be careful what we feed people, especially as children, not to go off topic because it all comes together. Because a lot of the things we learn, you know, about ourselves and self-love and, you know, you first love by your parents and the people around you and your teachers. And if they reject you and judge you, you know, this could cause major damage. And this can hold you back from the very thing that God has called you to do. And the enemy is strategic, so he will use people. And I don't want to blame him for everything, but he is he is responsible for some of it. He will use people to feed whatever he's planting, to water it. You know what I mean? So if let's just say, okay, I got a big nose, or let's say you have a big nose. every He will make sure that for the rest of your life, someone will comment on your nose and it'll be like a fiery dart. And now you're like, oh, I don't want to take pictures. Oh, I want a nose job. Oh, this. And I'm not saying nothing is wrong with a nose job. If that's what you want to do, we're free to do whatever we want to do. If it's something that really bothers you, I'm not against anybody fixing whatever they want to fix where God gave us free will. And that's the best gift he could have ever given us. So no shade. I'm just saying you know, just for reference. And so this big nose that you think you have, you make it, I mean, it's exacerbated now. Now it looks big and pink and red and it turns colors because in your mind, it's so big because someone said that to you as a kid. It might've been a schoolmate making jokes. I know growing up, you know, you, you have jokes with your friends and you kind of get on each other, but these things are serious. And teachers, if there are any teachers listening to me, please, you guys have one of the most, the biggest impacts on children. You, I can't tell you, almost everybody I know has had a teacher tell them something that has impacted them forever. It could have been good or bad. So make sure we're giving out good. You know, make sure we're giving out mostly good. Let's highlight character. You know what I mean? Not so much we're pleased with, and I struggle with this too. And I think every parent struggles with this too. You know, when your your kids bring home a grade that you're not really pleased with, you still need to build up their character. You know, yes, we want them to do well, but 
it's just a grade and it can be fixed. But if they feel like, oh, the only time that I'm loved is when I do well. You know, so have that conversation with your kids and make sure they know that you still love them. Just like our Heavenly Father, he may not be pleased every time you, you know, he might not be pleased with some of the things that we do. He doesn't like sin. It's not us that he doesn't like. He doesn't like the sin. And so we need to be clear with that with children. Thus, for the rest of their lives, they're trying to please people in order to obtain love or to be accepted or, you know, we don't want this. This is horrible. You know, you start buying friends, you start doing things because you believe that is all you have to give. Really and truly, you are the biggest gift to the earth. You know, we all are. Just be yourself. And it's so hard when you've been damaged by culture. A lot of time culture damages you, you know? So we have to unlearn these things. And you say, Denise, how do I unlearn these things? Through the word of God. You have to learn what God says about you. How he sees you, because that is who you really are. You know, you are love. You're a royal priesthood. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. All of this stuff is in the Bible. So we need to get in the word. I know I always talk about getting in the word, but I'm telling you, family, this is what worked for me. And you cannot, you can only be changed and washed if the Lord washes you, if you get in his presence. And so this way, the only way to really have self-love for me, like real self-love is to see yourself through the lens of Christ. You have to see yourself the way God sees you. You have to ask him. And you can ask him, me, when I'm, when someone's not so lovable, I ask God, I'm like, Lord, help me to see them the way that you see them. And he really does. And you could do this with yourself. Lord, help me to see myself the way you see me. Enlarge my territory. That's what that means. You want to see more of what he put inside of you. You want to see that. This will help you big time to change the way you see yourself. Right? We should always be renewing our mind. You know, Romans um, 12, 2 says to renew your mind. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is how transformation comes. You have to renew your mind. Right? That you might prove that what is the good and acceptable will and perfect will of God. Right? You know, Jesus talks about in Matthew that all the commandments hang on, on love. Right? It, it hangs on love. He asks us to love one another. Right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. How can you love your neighbor as you love yourself, if you don't even love yourself, if you don't love yourself, sometimes we, you can tell it's so obvious when somebody doesn't love themselves because they, they don't, they don't treat themselves well. They think everything, oh no, it's not good enough for them. You know, it's too good for them, you know? And another thing that, that this, this poverty guys, it's a curse. 
do not anybody that believes that poverty is of God, it, it reads Deuteronomy 28. It's part of the curse. And sometimes when you go through poverty, I mean, to such an extent where you, even when God delivers you, you don't even know you're out. You still behave like you like you don't have it. You still be, behave like you're still back then when you didn't have this or you didn't have that, you know, and you start to, you won't use things that, that are made for you. And this is so important because the stuff is here to serve us. We don't serve things, things serve us, right? You're idolizing things. You can idolize something as small as a towel. You might say, oh, you know, I'm saving my good towels or I'm saving my good china. You can idolize dishes. Oh, I'm saving my good china. What What is good china? You're good. You're good. We need to, <clears throat> excuse me, get that together. I drink out of, I drink everything out of glasses on purpose, on purpose. Listen, if you read the Bible, and you read King David's home and intricate details. God went so far as to tell us intricate details on, on the way he lived. And so I think this is big, very big, because the Lord was pleased with David and he used him as an example, you know? So we need to come up. We need to come up. And the reason before you have to love yourself, there's no way that you can come into the things of God and really be able to give your full self to us, the world, because we're waiting on it. We're waiting on you to make a move until you realize who you are in Christ and you fall in love with that person, right? Matthew 22, the Lord says, um, he tells the disciples, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and with all thy mind right? You, you, it's, it's, and you know how you love God with all your heart and all you love his people. You love his people. Have you ever been with someone and you might not like someone that they love, but because you love them, you love that person. You start to pick up that passion that you, that, you know, that you may have for that person. Let's just say it's a stepchild. You might have a wife and you and you you're really not crazy about the kid. And let's just be real. But you love her. And because you love her, you start to grow. You, you this love for this child starts to grow because she loves this child. You know, so first we need to see ourselves the way God sees us. That is the first step. Right. To help to to, to facilitate you know, the love that we need to have for ourselves. We have to see ourselves through his lenses. Oh, if we knew how much he loved us. I mean, family, he died on the cross for us. Right? He died on the cross for us. Who Who's going to do that? I don't know nobody that would do that. Right? Romans 5.8 tells you. But God commended his love towards us. In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? We have to wrap our heads around that. That is, that is love. That is love. 
right? He says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. When he says fearfully, he means I'm scared about what you could do. I made you so wonderful. There's so much greatness inside of you that he's almost afraid that, oh my God, what can they do? Watch out, world. If they ever make a move, my God. So somebody, one of the coaches that I follow put this up yesterday. And it, it's a, it's something written by Marianne Wilson. William, I'm sorry, Marianne Williamson. So I'm going to read it to you because this, this was just amazing. It definitely impacted me. So it reads, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Wow. It is our light, not our darkness that most frighten, frightens us. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm adding that in. Fearfully and wonderfully made. It's frightening. Fearfully. Think about that. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. Right? Because children, just they're just there themselves. Think about that. They're just so free. They're not worried about anything until someone plants a seed in their head to say, oh, something's wrong with you. Until then, they, they, they're just children. They're not worried about how they look. They don't care what people say about They just have fun, pure, clean fun. That's why God says, come to me as a child. A lot of times we need to take on a childlike mindset to come to him. We don't operate in the world as a child, but we come to him as a child. Right? Children don't know much. So they're waiting to be filled up. And so we need to watch what we fill them with. Anyway, so then it reads, we were born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone, each and every one. I'm saying this part, each and every one of us have a unique gift, something that God has placed inside of us, a gift for the world, and we have to unleash it. And self-love stops us. Not having self-love stops us from doing this. And it reads, and as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Isn't that amazing? As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So when people see you being free and you loving yourself, despite what the world says about maybe your body type or, you know, your hair or your skin or your teeth or your nose or whatever you think your problem is or your voice. Once you're free, you liberate other people to be free. It's contagious. Freedom is contagious. Self-love is contagious because you say to yourself, you're like, oh, she's free. You know, I remember one day I went to, I think it was Virginia Beach with my family. And there was a lady, she was very overweight and she wore a two piece. 
And though, you know, to some people it might have been like, why would she wear that? I just looked at her and I was so impressed because I said, my God, she's free. And at that point, for one second, I was jealous. I was like, I want to be free like that because here I am, you know, with a bathing suit, but a cover up. You know, that lady was free. She was free. I'm pretty sure as a child, she someone told her that she was fearfully and wonderfully made and they fed that. For her to be so free, I mean, she was laughing. She was having a good time with her family. Like, you know, meanwhile, I was sitting there covered up, <laughs> worried about what people would think about me. That's crazy. We need to be free, family. We need to be free and we need to love ourselves. We need to love ourselves. This is a commandment. Right. Even 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 when the Lord says in Ephesians, I think it's um, 533 that you should love a husband. Right. Let me read it for you. 533 Ephesians 533 it says, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular. So love his wife, even as himself. Right. And then it talks about and the wife see that she reverence her husband, meaning respect. Right. So it's hard. It's hard. If you are a man that does not love yourself, how could you love your husband? I'm, I'm sorry. How could you love your wife? How could you love your wife? And it's easy for your wife to respect you if you show her love. Because as women, we just want to be loved. We just want to know that we're important. We want to be, you know, we need security. That is one of our number one needs. And men need respect. So if you give that, you get back, you, you give out what you, whatever you deposit in the bank is what you get back out. If you want to have a successful life and successful relationships, healthy relationships, especially with yourself, we need to work on self-love. Write a list about the things that you do love about yourself. And if you struggle with writing that list, you need to write the things that you don't love about yourself. And then you need to write an I am list. Affirmations. Right? This also helps. This also helps. And family, we this is an area we all struggle in. But as, as the word exposes what's in the dark, we get cleaned up and we're free. We're free. We're free to love ourselves. We're free to do the things God called us to do. That's the best gift anybody could ever give. Is freedom. Anyway, family, I hope this word has been a blessing to you. If you have any questions, you can always send me a message. I would be happy to discuss it with you. Until next time, it's your girl, Denise, motivational speaker and mindset coach. Checking out till next time. You be well and be safe. Take care.